Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. This is Rome Business Radio. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios on Broad Street in downtown Rome, Georgia, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I am Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. I'm Carly Parker with the Rome Floyd Chamber. Today on our podcast, we have Miss Virginia McChesney with the Three River Singers. Hi, Virginia. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm well. I hope you are. Uh, well, thanks Thanks for being here. Uh, it was nice chatting with you before we got started here. So looking forward to learning more about the uh, the Three River Singers. Um, first and foremost, you have an event. Indeed, we do. <laughs> like, that would be like, Saturday. <laughs> like, like right now. Uh, so tell us about this. Well, we annually do a Christmas concert. We've been around for 23 years, and this is yet the 23rd Christmas concert. This one will be at the First Baptist Church at 4 o'clock on this coming Saturday, the 17th. Okay. Um, so, but now Big Broad, the Three River Singers, you're a community chorus, I believe, but that's how you describe Correct. yourselves, right? So uh, tell us all about it. How often do you perform every year? And you've got the Christmas thing coming up, and what is your membership, and things like that. The whole thing. Thanks. <laughs> I hope we have a lot of time. Sure, we, we do. Um, Three Rivers Chorus is an offspring of the Rome Symphony Chorus. The Rome Symphony Chorus was disbanded 23 years ago because the symphony had a little financial incident and and we were one of their losses. And we had members who so much thought our community deserves to have ongoing choral music. So Lynn and Joel Tadino and Susie Edwards and some others decided that, yes, indeed, we would have that, and it became the Three Rivers Chorus. Um, our membership is varied. We are, because we are a community course, we're not just Rome, we're the Rome area, which extends from Kennesaw up and sometimes lower um, into Alabama, up into Tennessee. Oh, people, really? Okay. Yes, because people enjoy doing choral music. And it's not, it's very unlike, let's just get together and sing. There is a purpose behind it, there's a performance upcoming. And we learn a great deal about music as we are developing the music from our director, Len Willingham, and the directors before him. And it's just an ongoing, growing, sometimes, right now we have about 60 choral members, which is, for us, kind of nice. But we have had many fewer, and it depends, because people come in and say, eh, I don't like that music. Okay, (laughs) we can't make you stay. There is not a membership fee. All of it is volunteer. All of it is constantly building. We are blessed with an outstanding director and an outstanding accompanist. Joan Hill is just phenomenal. She is, um, I think, the organ piano, the organ player for First Baptist. But she is so musically talented and can give us anything we need. And they work so well together and with us. So what is the typical performance include you said sometimes somebody may not like the music okay it's not your cup of tea but obviously everybody in the you're you're all in what what's the what is the standard selections what would an audience listen to you guys perform we i'm going to put a little caveat in front of that we do four performances annually okay traditionally we do four performances annually all right the christmas one is going to be christmas music (laughs) you know and a variety it's everything from contemporary to classical And it's everything from just the chorus to many very talented other musicians. In this one coming up, we have the Atlanta Festival Brass, among others. And they are just phenomenal. And the depth that they add to a performance. Yes, we could all stand out on Broad Street and sing every Christmas carol, you know, but that's not what we do. We go further than that. Then we have um, 
a Valentoons, which is our Valentine's performance, which is sometimes silliness, sometimes deep emotional thought, and it's all just beautiful music. Our fall performance is the one that's usually the wild card because it all depends on what Lynn wants us to sing. And it, it generally tends to be more patriotic, more more country, country as in the United States, not as in country singing. Right. Music, things that you're, are... You're not doing Conway, Twitty, and Loretta no, Lynn. Not, I don't know why not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a challenge. But it's the first one we start with is the let's see the value in who we are and what we do in this country more than anything else. Gotcha. And then usually our spring is our challenge. And this year our challenge is a requiem, which is indeed a challenge. Oh, okay, so yeah, tell me more about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're all right. <clears throat> well... Um, it's the kind of music that you'll, some people say, Ooh, that's classic. I don't know if I can listen to that. Ooh, I don't know. Everybody loves the Messiah. Right. Well, yeah. the Messiah is an operetta. And so it's a very long piece. And so it's, you know, it's, it's beautiful classical music. And usually the, a requiem is equally beautiful classical music. So. Okay. So the, the membership is from every diverse background, Every department, yes. Just, we just, have people who are music majors, voice majors. We have people who sing in their church choir, and singing in a church choir varies depending on which church. We have, we're on Broad Street, and in, in what I call church corner, which is not just a corner, it's a whole street right. where all the firsts <laughs> our, are. Our, our, own, our own little Bible belt. It is our own, <laughs> very small, but, but fairly significant. But every, all of those choirs generally, um, are supported with a lot of really talented musicians. You get further out in our county, and we have people who like to sing, which is fine. There's, you know, God said, make a joyful noise. And that's what we're all about, is making a joyful noise. But when you get into a community chorus, you're looking for more cohesiveness. And everybody has to have purpose. And it's, it's somewhat harder, I don't know how else to describe it, than just singing in your church choir or singing in your high school choir. And yes, we have kids. We have youngsters, as it were. We have kids in how, our course. How many people do y'all have? Right now we have 60. Wow. And and, big. It, and the age range is from, I think we have a young lady who, I think she's in middle school. And of course, I'm not the oldest. There are actually, there are actually people older than I who are there singing and having a great time and making a beautiful sound. Wow, that's impressive. Well, um, I would assume you have to audition. No. So, no. so the guess, I guess the good voices drown out a bad one? Well, actually, generally what happens is a person who has an insecure voice, I'm not going to say there's a good voice and a bad voice, but if you're an insecure voice or an insecure singer, within the first couple of rehearsals, you'll say, mm, this isn't for me. Ah. And I understand that. Another side of what we do is we went to Carnegie Hall and sang this past summer. Really? Yeah. Carnegie Hall? Yeah. Wow, if you can make it at Carnegie Hall, you can make it anywhere. And I'm not talking about the one here on Broad Street. <laughs> right, yeah, I do. Up until then, I had performed at that one, but not at the other one. <laughs> well, well uh, way back when, it is the same Carnegie. It certainly <laughs> that, is, that yes. Except out the money. up north, they say Carnegie. Yeah, oh, so I did not know that. other than that, it's the same thing. But um, a representative group of us went to New York City and performed. Well, is that a – you mentioned the, the four standard things you do around here every year. Is that Was that a one-off, or do occasionally y'all – you do travel elsewhere? We like to go places where we're asked, as long as everything calendar-wise will work out. We have been asked to perform with the symphony 
And from time to time, we get to do that or with one of Sam's groups. There are, you know, that opportunity. And we like to play back and forth because we're all the same community. We're not competitive in our arts. We're actually complementary in our arts. And when you do travel, like when you went to New York, does, you, you said a representative group. So how big was the, how, what was the size of the group you took with you to New York? We took from Rome, we took, I think, 12 or 14. Okay. And then we were joined by, Lynn has um, directed music all over the Southeast. And so we picked up some of his followers. I don't know the, not the right word because they're not his students. They're actually just part of his choral groups in other places. And because of COVID, we joined a group from Athens. Oh, okay. and so and those connections all just interweave, and it was absolutely delightful. So we ended up being a chorus of about sixty, built on those little or little things coming together. So when you when you make the commitment to to join locally, like when do you? What's your practice schedule? Are you are you practicing all the time, or once a week, or once a week? And it's on Tuesdays. We begin at seven thirty, and usually, or we begin at seven. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just the there. Pre- I the, just show. You're the president. You <laughs> yeah, should know. I'll just be there. <laughs> but it starts at 7, and we're usually done by 8.30. When we get closer to concert, of course, it goes a little longer. So it, it's at the First Baptist Church and the side entrance, the, the one that says office. So you guys have really been honing the last few weeks this Christmas. Oh, absolutely. And, and so, absolutely. so you get some of the selections, some standard carols, some... Oh, you've got the list. I do. She came very prepared. <laughs> we begin with Hark the Herald Angels Sing, I heard accompanied that one. by brass, organ, and piano. Okay, that sounds just the accompaniment sounds awesome. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is because the organ and piano are the four hands, and it just, oh gosh, I can't explain to you the depth that that adds to the performance. And then we're doing um, some things that are unexpected. Um, still, 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 which a lot of people don't know at all. I don't it's think I know that beautiful, beautiful piece. It's slow and somber and just gorgeous. Okay. And then we're doing, we're doing a piece that Barry did a couple of weeks ago when they had one of their performances and their director announced it as it were by saying, this is a song that's not often done. Well, Three Roof Singers does it about once every three years. So we were thinking, okay, where are you? But it's Tomorrow Should Be My Dancing Day, which is a very old piece. And it's just light and pretty and sweet. Um, we have a sing-along and part of it. It's, I think we've all learned that the chorus, the chorus likes to do a little piece by itself, even though it's a sing-along. But we also want everybody to sing. So that's a, just a treat. And then there is a song that we're doing that the director chose in part because he knows I don't like it. <laughs> it's not awful. I mean, it's, wow, there's mind games going on. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I've known him since high school. We go way back. But it's the 12 days of Christmas, but it's not the traditional 12 days of Christmas. It's the 12 days of Christmas celebrating composers. Okay. Such as, yeah, which is a little different. And our, our pianist, Joan, gets to do the little highlight parts of that because it'll, it will say a specific composer, the specific kind of music he wrote, and then there will be a little bit of what he wrote. Like the William Tell Overture is one of them, and um, just a whole lot of things that are common and, and familiar. Well, from the 12 days of Christmas, we move to formal wear. <laughs> I don't know what kind of segue that is, but do, do people have to dress formally to come to your concerts, or can we come oh, no, casually? No, no. Yes, please do come casually. <laughs> Our performances are all at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and 
we were hoping for this concert specifically that people would come enjoy a little music with us and then go have a nice dinner. Oh, so because, how long oh, does it last? Christmas. About an hour and a half. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's not an all afternoon where you're going, oh, God, what was <laughs> that? So that timing makes sense, okay? Because yeah. uh, I, I was going to ask you about the yes. 4 o'clock start. But the Top Hat Formal word reference was the fact that we've been <laughs> we've been joined, better late than never, <laughs> uh, by Molly Finnegan with Top Hat Formal Wear. Hi, Molly. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? We're, we're good. So uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, so what we do here off the top, which is the top of the show for you, just tell us a little bit about Top Hat Formal. We're obviously a Rome, Georgia institution, mm-hmm. but so, but it's now your, your ball of wax, I understand. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about it and, and what got you involved in it. Um, so yeah, it's been in Rome for over 40 years and different locations. It's been on Broad Street for cumulatively 25, 30 ish. Um, and I, Pam McAbee, the previous owner, her and her husband had owned it and it evolved into several different things. It was Carrie's Bridal at one point, and then it was Top Hat Tuxedos, and it just ended up Top Hat Formal Wear, as we've known it for about 20 years. Um, and this past fall, I graduated college in May of 2021. And so I moved home um, from Birmingham and I was working at Top Hat part time. I was getting my master's degree online and my degree was in forensic psychology, so not anything to do with <laughs> weddings and dresses and that kind of thing. But I started working there part-time, and um, I just ended up really loving it and, like, seeing a lot of potential for the store and, like, um, potential to go out of – to bring people in from outside of Rome to a place like this um, because, you know, I think – girls especially are used to watching say yes to the dress and we see this we see this idea of like buying your wedding dress as this big experience and it's just become that's kind of the expectation and top hat really wasn't offering that before um so I just saw a lot of potential and I ended up really loving it and Pam the previous owner she was about to become a grandma for the first time and she was kind of ready to retire but didn't but she didn't want the top hat name to go away um and so we just kind of started talking about me buying it and all of a sudden that was happening and I was like, what's going on? But it was, it was been great. And so I officially became the new owner in February. Um, and we went right into a really busy prom season. Um, and then over the summer started renovating. And so it's a whole new place over there. If, if you haven't seen it, it's, and y'all got a bunch of new brands, right? Right. Yeah. We just kind of rebranded, um, we had a huge sale to get to sell um, the inventory that had been there, and we kind of started from scratch. And so I, yeah, we bought some new brands and and just have changed up. We have things I would say more now for like a modern, more unique kind of bride and what she's looking for. All right, Virginia, you guys are a nonprofit at the community course, right? Yes. Yeah, so nonprofit, you rely on donations and ticket yes. sales from individuals. You are <laughs> fresh out of college. <laughs> Running a business, yeah. are you Me a little profit? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the, the goal, the goal is profit. Yeah, right. So, uh, to tell me about just the entrepreneurial risk that you have experienced, or did you just not care and thought, "What the heck"? Um, <laughs> yes, definitely a risk. Um, I mean, I just was kind of at the stage in my life when I got it, when this all happened, is like I was just making it through paying off school and 
I, I really, I'd stayed in Birmingham after I graduated college because I was, Wait, where'd, I really, where'd you go to school? Sanford university. In okay. Birmingham. Okay. I'd been wanting to stay there. I didn't want to move home. Not the plan, but I had been waiting tables and trying to pay for my degree. And I was coming up at the end of the month after paying my rent with like zero dollars. And I was like, this isn't working. So you were, your life was a nonprofit, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much. My parents were like, you need to just move back home. Like you can just you can wait tables here, like, and just save up money. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I came back and that was just not, not what I wanted to do at all. But, um, I just was kind of at the stage of my life where I had the opportunity to like do something crazy and risky and out there like, like this. Um, and I just kind of saw it as like, yeah, this isn't necessarily what I saw myself doing with my life. But this is a great opportunity that like is very rare and is not something I'm probably ever going to have the chance to do again. Um, and I found that I loved this industry and I love doing what I do now just as much as I was loving or more than I was loving getting my degree online and doing that kind of stuff. So, But I guess as far as the business, it is a little bit um, – the formal wear industry is a little bit strange in that – for instance, like the dresses I have in my store are sample dresses. So I don't really sell those off the rack, but I have to buy them. I have to, you know, buy them at the wholesale price. So then what do you do with that inventory that's just sitting in your store for however long? When do you decide to sell it off the rack so you can turn it over so you can make more room for new things? And so there is a lot of like weird nuances in what we do Sure. that um, I wasn't really prepared for wasn't (laughs) expecting and we have been trying to like figure out the best course of action and having a plan to move stuff off of our floor when it needs to be moved off our floor but really we do in the long run it's better to have a dress that is a sample because then you can hopefully sell it four or five six times so yeah so you're just trying to you're trying to find the sweet spot of how to maximize Mm -hmm. that that is it so um the I mean, what's interesting to me about this is you're not starting from scratch. Perhaps the business is a local, well-known brand, Mm -hmm. been here forever. So that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. There's a a track history, uh, Mm -hmm. track record that you can count on. So, I mean, did you go to a bank, borrow money? Did you, and, and for renovations, I, from what Carly has told me, the place looks awesome. Yes. <laughs> Anyone that has not been in there yet should definitely go check <laughs> it out you, for sure. So you're understanding, this is, this is, uh, you know, taxes, <laughs> paying off loans. Of course you were doing that in college anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, I, you seem so, um, fired up mm-hmm. that, that. <laughs> You're just ready to hit the challenge. I see. Yeah. I love the entrepreneurial spirit. That's yeah. one of the reasons we do this show. Yeah, is to talk about that. Did you know you had that entrepreneurial spirit until this opportunity hit you? I really, I did not. My dad is a is the definition of the entrepreneurial spirit. He has owned his own business my whole life, and it's been one thing or another. My whole, it's never been the same thing for very long. Um, he's he used to do you know buying and flipping and renting houses. He just is always had like. He is that for sure. And my brother's actually in school for entrepreneurship. I was doing psychology. That was not, I didn't think so, definitely. But I think just with the help of my parents and the encouragement from them that like I could do this and this wasn't like, I just, I think that my hold up at the beginning was like, how am I capable of doing it? Like I have no qualifications to be able to know what I'm doing here. 
but definitely, I mean, my dad has just helped me with a lot of the stuff you're saying, banks and loans and all that kind of stuff that I just couldn't wrap my head around. And just, he's a salesman. He has a definitely definite like salesman heart. And so he's always helping me look for ways to, to bring people in and to sell our products better. And so definitely I couldn't have done any of it without the support of, well, so of you, him. So you've got a support system. Yeah. But one of the first things you said when we started talking was you saw potential in, mm-hmm. in the, like the say yes to the dress model mm-hmm. where the the brides want a higher end experience and things like that. So what is your bread and butter weddings or is it proms or is it, what's the bread and butter? The bread and butter would definitely be tuxedos for prom, wedding, anything. That's like constantly happening rental so or purchase or rental tuxedos uh, yeah. would be yeah we do we do them for purchase as well but um rental tuxedos that's we've always got that going on um everyone always needs it for some event or another and then during wedding season which is fall and during prom season which is spring it's crazy crazy i mean we had <laughs> we had a weekend a prom weekend in in april where we sent out like 200 something tuxes in one weekend it was insane but that's our that's our definite like every day, and then we have our wedding season or our prom season where we also do the dresses. Virginia, that brings me. Do you guys wear at the chorus when you perform? Are you wearing choir robes or not? So it's not like church. Oh no no no! Yeah, we are, for our formal performances, which currently we dress formally for all of them, it is tuxedos. Mm-hmm. And interesting, you said all that about the rentals because one of the people who is actually the associate uh, minister at St. Peter's mm-hmm. does not have a tuxedo. But yes. And the women are in black and we're just, we're formal, but not churchy. There was a time in my twenties. I owned a tux <laughs> mm-hmm. because my weight never changed. Mm-hmm. And I, because of a traditional black tux for a guy can kind of stay in style right, yeah. for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you could get the powder blue with the big lapels from the seventies <laughs> or something, but yeah. uh, you know, traditional black tux, but then <laughs> like, wait, my tux doesn't fit anymore. What happened? <laughs> it's <laughs> <Is>, drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, because guys never admit that they change. So. <laughs> so like, wait, I can wear the same pants I wore when I was 12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, well, it's pick on guys day. Uh, so the, thus, the, there's, there's, a, there's a good reason that there's tux rental. <laughs> right, yes. I know. People come in there and be like, be like, should I just, or they'll, it'll be for a wedding. And they're like, can I just buy this? And I'm like, you can, but you probably shouldn't because this guy is having a gray, a light gray tuxedo with a purple bow tie and a whatever. But the next wedding you're in will be a navy blue with a red. I mean, now that weddings aren't just like typical, you wear a black tuxedo. Everyone does something a little bit different. Buying a tuxedo and then being in all your friends' weddings probably won't help you out that much because they're all going to be asking you to wear something completely different. So. Yeah, well, I did the math on it because there was a time I was, you know, there was a couple of formal functions a year for work that I was mm-hmm. involved in, and owning a tux made financial sense right. until I gained weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay. Um, so, what has what has surprised you most about uh, having the keys that you own it? And you know, was there you you can't ex- you can't anticipate everything. Yeah. So, what what has kind of surprised you the most? Um. I, like I said, I'd waited tables and, um, you know, done customer service, but retail is a whole different ball game. Um, as far as just like, and with, and like I said about like us having a little bit of like a nuanced industry is like with a tuxedo rental, like I have to be a part of that process from when he comes in to get measured 
from me ordering the tuxedo, making sure that it gets to me, like UPS gets it to me on time. I've tracked down the UPS man around town before, like he hates me, but I, I've um, <laughs> like, and then bagging it up, making sure it's all right once it's in the bag and then giving it to that person and then making sure that person brings it back to me. It's just a whole process that I really wasn't like expecting. It's not just like, okay, they come in and buy something and leave and I, you know, like we have to do a lot of follow-up and a lot of keeping track of it on our end. Um, and it is easy for some stuff to like fall through the cracks if you don't, if you're not very organized and like methodical about it. Sure. So that's been something that surprised me that I was not ready for. But my, my mom, she works with me and she's kind of taken on overseeing the tuxedo process, which has taken a huge weight off my shoulders. And so that's been better now that she's kind of designated toward that. But that was definitely something that I was not expecting to do with. And what, what else in your mind's eye you wanted to renovate, which mm-hmm. you've done? What, what brought that on? Just trying to give it a facelift? Yeah, it just basically hadn't changed very much since the, since it was, since they moved to that space, um, the 245 Broad Street space. Um, it hadn't really ever been updated. And I feel like Rome is becoming more and more younger people are coming and it's changing. And there's so many things that are new and different that I was like, we have to keep, we have to keep up with like the developments and the, and the newness that is coming into Rome. And then also like, like I said, um, with the say yes to the dress kind of vibe, girls are expecting like a, like an elevated luxurious experience when they're shopping for a wedding dress. And I just wanted to have our space like reflect that. And so the fact that you saw that and are now implementing it, are you seeing people appreciate that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's been my, that's been my anxiety throughout all of this is like, what if we do all of this and nothing changes? You know, what if we're not attracting the clientele that we want to attract? What if people still aren't hearing about it? Because I do feel like part of Top Hat being here for so long, it was a good thing and a bad thing. And then it was like, it's been here forever. And people had just come to expect like, kind of a small town vibe but there are lots of girls now in Rome that are going to Atlanta are going to Chattanooga are going to wherever to go find this experience and so I think a lot of people had kind of like written us off as we wouldn't be able to offer that so I've been afraid that we wouldn't be able to get the word out and people couldn't see that we are new and this is different and this is changing um so Word of mouth will help with that. Yeah, word yeah. of mouth is is the big thing we need. But, I mean, just the other day, this was like a big moment for me. I have people, they request appointments on our website, so I just get a little notification that they requested it. And then they put their budget and how much they're willing to spend. And I had somebody the other day request an appointment that said they had a $6,000 budget, which is the highest we've ever gotten. And just that's hopeful to me because it means that, like, people are willing to, you know, buy maybe this more expensive dress and are willing to not – are not just expecting that we just have kind of like small town run of the mill $400 wedding dresses. Yeah. And I mean, you're bringing in a lot of people from that don't maybe that don't have easy access to uh, going to Atlanta or Chattanooga, or, I mean, you're pulling from Polk County and Chattooga Mm -hmm. County. And so that's, uh, I know everyone downtown and the chamber was so excited about you kind of trying to, facelift that yeah. business mm-hmm. so it's definitely exciting to see the growth and um, young people take advantage right. of that yeah do you mind me asking you i know you're right out of college but how old are you i'm 23 
23 years old, and you've, <laughs> you've, you've jumped in the deep end of the pool. Yes, sir. I have. All the way. <laughs> well, I knew something was up because she keeps saying, sir, <laughs> which is good manners. You were, ra- you were raised well. All right. Well, let's just kind of get final thoughts here on, on uh, how to connect. So three May I ask her a question? Sure. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Do you rent prom dresses? No, ma'am. So we don't do any dress rentals just because, really, it's hard to buy anything off the rack that's formal wear that you're not going to have to get like altered somehow. So just all the technicalities of that, of like one girl's five, three that wants to wear this dress and one girl's five, nine, it, it's hard to, to rent a dress for that reason. So it's just tuxedos that we rent. Do you actually have top hats? We, geez, we had some, we had some, our building has had some water damage over the years. And I found this huge, thing of top hats but they were all kind of like gross and moldy and not so I've, I've salvaged a few we have a christmas tree in our window right now that has a white top hat as the topper so um and we use that top hat in some of our photo shoots and stuff to keep the keep keep it on brand yeah yeah uh, uh it's just i was kind of joking because it's it's a great name and it's yeah. a well-known name but I really don't see, other, unless you watch a rerun of the Dumb and Dumber movie. With, <laughs> yeah, the orange and the... <laughs> the, the yeah. to the powder blue. Yeah. You have that? You yeah. Have that, you know. yeah, they used to, the, one of the companies we rent from used to make those for rental, but not anymore. <laughs> the, the orange and powder blue tuxes mm-hmm. yep. worn by Jim Carrey. And, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, okay, so Three River Singers, first and foremost, concert, Saturday, December 17th, 4 o'clock, First Baptist Church, Rome, admission free. Absolutely. But donations would be appreciated. Always. Do you guys have corporate support or do you just rely on the... the we, we have not had corporate support and that has been one of my missions. Okay. And I have um, made contact with several, but I don't, I don't want to go to corporations that are already being sponged by the rest of the community. Right. And, but I do want people to understand that we are an integral part of the community, as are all of our corporate sponsors. So... It's 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 a new adventure for me because I've never gone. I'm not good at asking people for money. I just it's not my thing. <laughs> well, you said your background was in theater. Yes. That's what, so you can play the character of somebody who's asking for Absolutely. money. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Create a character with a backstory right. and become it that. It just person. happens to have my name. <laughs> uh, okay, so how can people get involved? Do you have a website or social media? We how do, can they we're connect on Facebook. With you? Okay. We do not currently have a website, but we are on Facebook, um, and I think it is The Three River Singers. It may be Three River Singers. I'm not sure. Okay, so they can find you there to connect yes. and find out more and, yes. and um, things and like that. And can people um, maybe like partner with you guys to host an event, or like y'all be the entertainment? I know you kind of said like we with have the done wrong... that before. Okay. Um, occasionally, some organization will say, can you come and, and we do. Okay. As best as we can. Good advertising for us. Yeah. And a, a lovely opportunity for the other, another part of the community here is seeing. And is there, you can just go on Facebook and I guess direct message you guys for that, or is there a better email to get in contact with you guys? Yes, there is. Hang on just a moment. <laughs> it is. Well, mine is VA, as in the abbreviation for Virginia, VA underscore MCC at yahoo.com. And I am the president, and I can get that message to, to whomever it needs to go. But we also have three, the number three, capital R, capital S singers, S I N G E R S, but the only capital is the S, at gmail.com. Okay, there's an email. Beautiful. Um, is it too late for Saturday for you guys to work up a rendition of Elvis Presley's Blue Christmas for your concert? <laughs> we'll try that in a rehearsal and let you know how it goes. 
I'm, I'm not seeing it. Maybe, maybe by next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Are you willing to come perform there? Oh, sure. You don't have to ask me twice. You want, if you want somebody to do the king, I'm there. Uh, okay, uh, Molly, uh, obviously people can connect with you by walking down Broad Street. Yes, yeah. But do you, do you have a website, social media? What's your street address, your hours? How can yeah. people do business with you? Yeah, so we're at 245 Broad Street. We're next to the Vogue. Um, we do have, we've got Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, our Instagram is Top Hat Form Aware. And then we also have a separate account for our um, prom that's just called Top Hat Prom. Um, and then our Facebook, it's Top Hat Form Aware and Bridal Shop. Our TikTok is Top Hat Dot Form Aware. I think you might be the first Jane remember that has a TikTok. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you got it. Trailblaze. Um, well, that's what your, that's what your customer base, yes, yes, a big chunk sure, of it would be. Sure, yeah. Yes. Um, and our hours we have, we're having kind of like a holiday business hours. This isn't a super busy season for us right now, but we're closed on Mondays currently. Um, and we're open 12 to five Tuesdays, Thursday. And then, I mean, sorry, not Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, 11 to five 30 and Saturday, 10 to one. And then, um, we'll, we'll reopen to normal hours, 11 to five 30 during the week, um, 10 to three on Saturdays back in the new year once the new year starts do y'all take walk-ins we don't we don't take walk-ins for bridal so if you want to find your wedding dress you do have to um, make an appointment you can call or go on our website which is just tophatrome.com um but we do take walk-ins for everything else um for tuxedos prom dresses formal dresses and we're also in the middle of debutante season or debutantes are finding their dresses right now so we do also ask that you make an appointment for debutante dresses but we have debutante dresses just a little shout out (laughs) Well, that, yeah, that's that's a if that's a part of your business. Yes, yes. Um, and and we're going to try to get the top hat business going. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to bring that back. Yes, <laughs> just not the powder blue. Right. Yes. Um, okay, Carly. Final thoughts from you at the chamber. Um, anyone that's listening, please, you know, contact these members. Please support our members. Um, we love to see it. Um, and you can always go to our website romega.com to see our um kind of our chamber calendar and what's going on in the community as well and anything that we can ever help businesses or nonprofits manufacturers that are members we love to be a resource for you guys and i think this is our last last podcast so merry christmas to everyone well for this year well yeah yeah, yeah. for this year (laughs) but until the new year Yeah. yeah so happy holidays merry christmas happy new year thanks everybody Thanks for being here. This has been fun. You've been listening to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. We broadcast from the Hardy Realty Studios on Broad Street in downtown Rome, Georgia. We work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thank you so much for listening.